text today is going to be in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 5. Matthew 6, 5, and today Jesus is going to tell us the right way to pray. The right way to pray. Now, we all know that we uh, should pray. We probably all say, well, I need to pray better. I need to pray more often. Maybe my prayers need to be a little bit longer. Uh, but Jesus is not going to hammer how often we should pray or how long our prayers should be. And I think because he doesn't lay out a prescription, he doesn't lay out a plan, there's a lot of freedom in this. Instead, he's just going to teach us to pray. And that may seem like kind of an odd topic to preach on or to teach on because, I mean, really prayer is just talking to God. So why not just say, okay, you need to talk to God, you need to pray, and then we can go home and eat, right? Well, that's not what Jesus does. Instead, he shows us there is a wrong way to pray, but there's also the right ways to pray. Now he's gonna he's he's gonna condemn, uh, or con- rather continue what he started last week, which is not doing our righteousness before men to be seen by them. And he's gonna condemn this idea that we should do uh, prayer for show. Now last time this uh, this righteousness that we're not to be doing before men to be seen by them is helping out the poor. As I said, this time it's gonna be prayer, and his teaching is very simple. He says, don't pray to impress people. Don't use vain repetition, but instead uh, pray privately and, and very simply because your Heavenly Father knows what you need before you do, and He sees us pray even if nobody else does. Okay, so if you found Matthew chapter 6 in your Bible, please stand, and we will begin reading in verse 5. Matthew 6, 5. He says, When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I, guys, I'm sorry, I can't read this in the NASB. If you have the King James, you'll be reading along. I just have to say the King James. Does anybody else have that trouble too? When you come to passages like this, it, it's just, I don't know, King James is better in that case. Uh, pray then in this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, Jesus starts out, and he tells us how not to pray. He says, to begin with, he says, don't pray for man's applause. And and again, he says, don't be like the hypocrites that love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners and and pray so they're seen by men. And right away, we have a difference from what Jesus was teaching in our time, don't we? Because if you're like me, you've been in several churches, and you probably maybe have experienced this yourself. Many people don't like to pray out loud. 
Very few people, I bet if I took a poll, probably 99%, probably 100% of us would say, I don't really enjoy praying out loud. I'll do it if I'm called on in church, but I don't like doing it. Uh, I'd rather the pastor call on somebody else. We're reluctant to pray in church around people that we know, our church family, and, and we have a hard time identifying with somebody that would make a show, put on a production of praying out in the street. Why would anybody stand and pray and do it on the street corner anyway? Well, in Jesus' day, there were two areas, two places where you could pray, where it was common. The first was in synagogue. You probably have heard of a synagogue before. A synagogue, the Jews had kind of a, a rule of thumb that said if there were at least ten Jewish men in a community, a town, a village, whatever it was, if there were at least ten Jewish men, there should be a synagogue. And their synagogue was similar to what our church is today. It was where they would meet together uh, in a religious service. They would read the scriptures. The rabbis would teach from the scriptures. And it was a place that was designated for prayer. Now, in, in their mindset, the synagogue was a place that was specially for prayer. And it helped to kind of make your prayers a little more holy. It helped them be a little more acceptable to God. And so, uh, so that was the ideal place to be. Now, in Jesus' day, just like there are today, there were people who liked to make big prayers at church, so to speak. Maybe, maybe you've been in a situation like this. The preacher calls on somebody to pray. And you know what it's going to be. Because they pray the big prayers. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they go on for like ten minutes praying. And you've already said amen in your, your heart and mind. And you're like, okay, let's wrap this up, buddy. And not only that, but they, they pray the big flowery prayers. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like they have a dictionary in one hand, a thesaurus in the other, and the Bible's in front of them. And they just pray all sorts of stuff. And they use words you didn't even know existed. And by the end of it, you kind of think to yourself, well, that was pretty. But you just have a feeling they didn't talk to God. They, they talked to everybody else, but they didn't really talk to God. I heard an old preacher one time. He was talking about a revival service that he was conducting at a church. And he called on a deacon of that church to pray. And in that prayer, he got into this a big, long prayer, and he started quoting Scripture to God. And he, boy, he really went into it. And after it was all said and done, after the service was over, the preacher went to the man, <clears throat> sorry, went to the man and said, uh, I know you're quoting a lot of scripture to God. Uh, don't you think he probably knows what's in the Bible anyhow? And the man basically said, well, you know, you're a preacher and you get to stand up in front of people and preach from the Bible, but I'm a deacon so I don't get to do that. So I'm using that as my opportunity to preach, essentially. And this preacher told him that if he ever did something like that in a, in a meeting that he was conducting again, he would call him out publicly for the hypocrite that he was. And he'd say, that's kind of harsh to use that word hypocrite, but that's the word that Jesus used. Now remember, a hypocrite is an actor. And as it, as it relates to this, it's somebody who, who puts on a show and acts like they're talking to God, but in reality they're just talking to people with their eyes closed. Now, the other, that's, that's the synagogue. The other place that, uh, that a person might pray is when they're out and about. Now, this wasn't as desirable as being at the synagogue because those places were not set aside for prayer, but it was necessary sometimes because in the Jewish culture, there were, there were certain times of the day that you were supposed to pray. I mean, it was just like mandatory. This time of day, it didn't matter what you were doing, you stopped, 
and you prayed. And maybe you've seen a video on the news, or maybe you've seen pictures of it, maybe you've seen it in real life, where um, some Muslim people at certain times of the day, they will stop whatever they're doing, and they will turn and they'll pray. That's basically what the Jewish people did. Of course, they weren't praying to Allah, but, but, but that's just kind of a, something we can relate to. And there were people back then, when they saw, they looked at their, their watch that they didn't have back then, but they, they looked at the sky, whatever it was, and they knew that it was coming up on prayer time, they didn't say, you know, I need to go down the street and go to the synagogue. They didn't say, I'm going to go back to my house so I can be alone with God. They said, well, it's about prayer time. I'm going to go out where people can see me. And, of course, being a mainly Jewish culture over there, people knew if you just stopped and, and, and started praying, they knew what you were doing. So they made it, made it a point that they were out where they were in full public view making long, big prayers so everybody would say, wow, what a holy person that is. Listen, I got through with my prayers and they're still going. That's the type of, of attitude that Jesus is condemning. He says, instead of doing all that, you need to pray privately. Now the image that Jesus uses is going into a private room. The King James used that, that word, a prayer closet. Or going to your closet. He's not saying you need to push all the boots and the, the coats aside and and, and get to a closet in your hall. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about having a private room. And he, he even says, shut the door. Now, why would you go into someplace private and shut the door? Well, it's to avoid distraction, to not be getting attention. So you're able to focus on God. In other words, you pray, you should be doing that, but don't make a show of it. Now, what are some applications of this? Because, like I said, many of us have a hard time relating to making those big fancy prayers. Well, one thing we should note is that Jesus does not condemn public prayer as a whole. He does not condemn praying in public as a whole. Now think how strange it would be if Jesus, God incarnate, said, I want my followers, whenever they meet together to worship God, not to pray. How weird would that be? It doesn't make any sense. And in fact, his, his example shows us that's not what he has in mind. You remember in the upper room, he was with his disciples, what did he do? He prayed. At the feeding of the 4,000, he prayed publicly. At the feeding of the 5,000, he prayed publicly. At the raising of Lazarus, he prayed publicly. The Bible teaches us that men everywhere ought to pray. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. So he's not talking about never uttering a prayer in public. It's doing it for show that he's concerned about. And when I think of people that, from the Bible that had one of these private prayer lives, there are two that really jump off the page. One that sit, one's that sick in my mind. In the Old Testament, I think of Daniel. Remember old Daniel? You think of uh, Daniel in the lion's den, but what got him there? Well, the king had said, you can't pray to anybody except for me. Well, Daniel, he wasn't going to put up with that, but he wasn't going to make a show of it. He didn't say, oh, yeah, and just stand in the court, in the king's court and pray. But he went up to his room like he always did, and he prayed privately. And also think of Jesus in the New Testament. And Jesus, if, if, if you read through the Gospels, Jesus many times, he would go off by himself. People would be looking for him. He'd get up early before the sun even came up. And he'd go out and pray. Now if it's one of us, we get up before the sun goes out, we'd fall asleep out there, right? I mean, just uh, just uh, a couple nights ago, I was praying about prayer and I fell asleep. 
I was tired. But that's what Jesus did. He, he set aside time to spend with the Father. It was a priority for him. You know, uh, Jesus has shown us it's not so much the place. It's not having a specific room. Now, that's good if you have a, a place of prayer, but it's the privacy that's important because he was praying outdoors most of those times. So, so what's an application? Well, first, when you pray publicly or otherwise, make sure that your focus is on talking to God, not on how you come across to people. Focus on talking to God, not on how you come across to people. Because the whole point of prayer is to talk to God, it's not to talk to people. And, and just like we should have an audience of one when we give, we should have an audience of one when we pray. Now, I call on people to pray every week. And it's hilarious on the looks you all give me. Because everybody will be making eye contact when I come up here. But then when they know it's time to pray... Uh, I see the tops of everybody's heads. Nobody wants me to call on them. And then, if I call on somebody, you better give yourself whiplash, yanking the head up, and then you have this deer in the headlights look like, oh, you didn't just call me to pray, did you? Yeah. And I don't know how many times people I've heard people say throughout the years, well, I don't like to pray because I don't do a good job. I've even had people be apologetic afterwards because they didn't pray, quote, good enough. Prayer is not a performance. If you're worried about how you're coming across to somebody in here, you're thinking about the wrong thing. You should be talking to God. You're not talking to us. You're not talking for us. You should be talking to God. So worry about talking to Him. Don't. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Second thing, your private prayer life will fit you to have a public prayer life. And what I mean by that is our focus shouldn't be on uh, you know, writing out a big prayer just in case the pastor calls on us at church. Our focus should be on having a, a private prayer life. We should be praying. It should be a humble, private communication with God. That's where our, our focus should be. And third, when you do pray in public, inside the church or maybe outside the church, maybe you, maybe you pray over your food at the restaurant. That's something a lot of people do. Pray over your food at work at lunchtime. Don't make a show of it. You know, you can, you can just, you know, in the lunchroom, you can bow your head and say your prayer, thank God for the food, ask Him to bless it, whatever it is, and be done with it. It doesn't take hardly any time at all. Or you could be like, hey, y'all, shut up. I got to pray. And y'all need to be quiet while I take care of this business. Right? And then everybody's like, okay, this is awkward. Um, and then you're just, yeah, that's not what he's talking about. He just, just do your thing. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't do it to attract attention. Just say your prayer and don't make a show about it. People notice. You don't have to tell them to shut up. They know what you're doing. But also, you don't have to hide it either. You know what I mean? You don't have to be there. Somebody's talking to you. You have your eyes open. And you're praying. Say, man, I hope they don't talk to me. And then they talk to you. But you have to finish your conversation with God. Then you can answer. No, you don't have to pray with your eyes open, try to hide it. Just, just don't make a show. Just do it. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, verse 7. second thing he says don't do is use meaningless repetition. Meaningless repetition. He says that's what the, that's what the Gentiles do. Your Bible may say the pagans, the, the unbelievers. And these people thought they were going to be heard because they talked a lot. Now, 
We don't know exactly what they were saying in Jesus' time because it probably depend on what uh, idol they were praying to. But we know from the Old Testament, you remember uh, when Elijah had a showdown on the, uh, with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? The Bible says that the prophets of Baal prayed from morning until noon saying, O Baal, answer us. Over and over again. O Baal, answer us. O Baal, answer us. And of course he didn't because he was an idol. But they thought they had to get their God's attention. They thought they could manipulate their God in some way. But you don't have to get your God's attention because God, you already have God's attention. You're his child. Now the Jews were not faultless in this matter because they taught everyone who multiplies prayers uh, is heard. Whoever prolongs his prayer, his prayer does not return empty. He that is long in prayer, they said, his days are prolonged. And according to their teacher, every person ought to pray 18 prayers every day. 18. That's a lot. Now, beyond all that, they would also flower up their language when they would pray. They would use as many superlatives and kind words about God as they could think of. And there's a famous Jewish prayer that starts out like this. Blessed, praised, and glorified, exalted, and honored, magnified, and lauded be the name of the Holy One. Wow, that's a good introduction, isn't it? Are those titles accurate? Yeah. Are they true? Yeah. The problem is they're vain and meaningless if you're just using them to butter up God. Because that doesn't work anyhow. Now instead of doing all that stuff, Jesus encourages us here, I think, to, to pray simple prayers. Why? Look at, uh, look at verse 7. Or no, verse 8. He says, they think they'll be heard by many for their many words in verse 7. So, or your Bible may say for, or so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. There's the reason. You don't have to, to come to God and, and tell Him all this stuff. Why? He already knows what's going on. Here's, here's the secret. You don't, have to, you don't have to let God in on anything. You don't have to tell Him what's going on in your life. He already knows. You don't have to say, Oh, God, I have a cousin who has cancer. He already knows. You don't have to tell him this big story about your friend that was in a wreck. He already knows. Now, can you do that? Sure, if you want to. Sometimes it's, it's good to say, God, this is what's going on in my day. He already knows, but if you want to tell him about it, that's fine. But you don't have to. Sometimes you say, Oh, God, I want you to go down there to the hospital and visit so-and-so. And then I want you to go over there and, and visit so-and-so. As one old preacher said, it's the other fellow that needs to go to and fro. God's already everywhere. He's everywhere. He's, he, he's omnipresent. And, and He already knows what you need. And He has the ability to meet that need. And He has the desire to meet that need. So ask Him. Pray a simple prayer. Now there are people who look at this and, and maybe you come across somebody that says, you know, when you pray, you only need to do it one time. They say, if you say it more than once, you're showing A, a lack of faith, but B, you're getting in this vain repetition business. You only need to pray it once, and uh, that's it. I can see their point, but that's not what Jesus is saying. Here's how I know. Both by precept and example, the Bible teaches otherwise. Precept. Luke 18. Most people don't realize this is a parable. They know the prodigal son. They know the compassionate Samaritan. Right at the beginning of Luke 18, there's a, a parable about a persistent widow. 
And the Bible explicitly says the point of the parable is to teach people to pray and not lose heart. In other words, you pray, and it doesn't seem like anything's happening, you pray again. And it doesn't seem like God's doing anything yet, you keep praying. And then it doesn't seem like anything's still happening, you keep praying. That's what Jesus taught. We see it in the prayer of Elijah. Remember he was praying for rain? He told the servant, go out, see if there's any clouds coming up. What happened? There's nothing, Elijah. He kept praying. There's nothing. Prayed again. He prayed again. He prayed again. Seven times. You see it in the life of Paul. The Bible says, Paul says, I prayed three times my thorn in the flesh would be removed. Didn't happen. But he prayed repeatedly. We see it in the uh, example of Jesus. He prayed the same prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't just say one time, Lord, if, uh, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, yours be done. In fact, Mark 14:39 says, he said the same words. Repetition. There's a difference between repetition and vain repetition. See, if, if something is a concern to you, remember Jesus gives this teaching, ask, seek, and knock. The idea is keep doing it. Ask, seek, and knock. But instead of doing all of that, the vain repetition, stuff like that, Jesus says, pray simply. You don't need to focus on the length of your prayer. You don't need to focus on the flattery of your prayer. You don't need to focus on, on uh, how it's received by people. You don't have to even uh, focus on what position your body is in. They pray standing up. We pray sitting down, standing up, kneeling wherever we're at. Pray. You're not impressing God. You may impress people. But that doesn't impress God. He already knows you anyway. So instead of pray simply... Because he knows what you need, and he has the power to meet those needs. Now you'll notice that we pray, or we read through uh, the Lord's Prayer and everything. And because of our our time is pretty well away from us, we'll save the model prayer till next week. Because I want to give it adequate space. But folks, we need to pray, and when we do, we need to pray in the right way. Don't make a show of it. Don't try to impress people. Just pray simply directly and with you speaking to God because frankly it doesn't, it doesn't matter what people think you have an audience of one that's, that's God now we're going to have time prayer in just a minute and you know what you have something that's on your heart now's the time to now's the time to share it you don't have to share it with people but you can share it with God we sang it just a little bit ago take it to the Lord in prayer maybe you need to pray for a lost spouse a lost child. Maybe you have a, a health concern. Maybe you have a job situation. Those are all things to pray about. Maybe it's something totally unrelated to anything that I've said. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And maybe you're here and, and you need to pray and ask God to forgive you because you've sinned. Maybe, maybe you're a Christian and you have sinned. You don't need to be saved again. But you know what? You may need forgiveness to have that fellowship with God restored. If you're not saved, ask God to save you. Ask Him to forgive your sins. Repent of that sin. The Bible says, All who call upon the name of the Lord 